Hello there, and welcome to the Pwn Puffin Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Thomas, and sitting here beside me is Keto, the Elk Hound. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. And be sure to add our podcast, the Potent Puffin Podcast, and how did you hear about Podgo section of the application. Now, this past week has been very exciting for Calson because he's had a lot going on. So on Saturday, we took him to this, like, little screening kind of thing for preschool. He had a lot of fun going to that because the first thing they did is they took his picture with a Polaroid camera. So he got to see the uh, film come out and his picture be right there on the paper immediately. That was really cool. He hadn't seen that before. And then they did, like, these little, like, pretty much pointed this big camera looking thing in his eyes to make sure his eyes are developing right or something and it went that went good they said so that's cool then they did a few hearing tests and his hearing uh is developing properly so that's good that's cool and then we went to this other room where they had uh one of their teachers one of the kindergarten teachers i believe it was kind of played with callison and like saw how he uh interacted and how he plays and then another individual from the organization was there, and they were talking with us, uh, seeing how he's doing at home and how he behaves and if there's any concerns we have. And the whole purpose of this thing was just to see if there's any community resources there is to, you know, help us as parents and to help Calson as a, you know, toddler growing up and to see uh, where he is if he's ready to go into preschool or not. So that was really interesting. And then they had a speech therapist come and evaluate him, which he already does speech therapy uh, through the hospital. So it was kind of just with the speech therapist there, it was just kind of a second opinion on his speech and how that's growing, which is always kind of nice to you know see that we are on the right track with what we're doing with our speech therapist. And they, they pretty much said the exact same thing our speech therapist that we have Calson going to is saying and working on him with. But it's funny because, you know, we're doing this other, you know, evaluation with this person while the speech therapist is doing her thing with Calson. But we can hear their interactions. And one of the things that they were doing was they were asking Calson, like, hypothetical type questions to kind of, I guess just to see where his reasoning is at and see how he would respond to certain situations. And that is what I realized. Calson does not deal with hypotheticals. If it is not literal and actual, he is not going to... He doesn't grasp the concept of the hypothetical yet. Because they're like asking me, what would you do if you didn't know where your shoes are? And he's like, I know where my shoes are. And the speech therapist is like, well, imagine you're trying to get ready and you couldn't find your shoes 
and you didn't know where to find them, how would you ask your mom and dad to help? And he's like, I would know where my shoes were. And that's just how this whole conversation went. Like, she tried other questions, like, if you felt sick, how would you tell your mom and dad that you felt sick? And he's like, I don't feel sick. And it's like, well, imagine you were. And he's like, but I don't. So, like, he doesn't grasp the idea of the hypothetical questions yet. And I just thought that was, I don't know, I kind of had a little laugh at it because I could tell the speech therapist was having trouble getting this concept across to him. But he was just so dead set and only answering in the literal and now that <laughs> they couldn't get it. So that's one thing that they suggested we need to work on is uh, his, I guess, his just, you know, thought process and you know, what to do if and not necessarily always just what is happening now. That was like the only real thing that they really saw during that screening. And, um, this Thursday, or no, not Thursday, Friday, he went to the preschool itself uh, and interacted with the other kids there, and they saw how he interacted, and their, I guess their child psychologists interacted with him some, and they said, yeah, he he's ready for preschool, and they said he actually probably needs it uh, because they say he plays a little rough, and they think the preschool will help with that. So that's interesting. So Hopefully this fall he will be getting to preschool. They said it wouldn't be until this fall because they're about to go on to summer break. So that's cool. He's going to get to do preschool this fall. So that's interesting and very exciting. He misses the cutoff for kindergarten by about a month. But I think doing a year of preschool before starting kindergarten will be good for him. Because it'll help. I think it'll help get him acclimated to, you know, going somewhere else during the day without mom and dad and kind of the idea of you know how does school work and how to how does need to act when he's in that other setting so that's kind of been Callison's big thing this week and then Monday we took him to toddler tumbling so every Monday so downtown there's I guess it's actually a karate or taekwondo gym I didn't know about like I knew there was a taekwondo karate gym on the island I just didn't know where or how it works because there's not much information about it but they also split their space with a crossfit instructor and the crossfit instructor I believe is who's doing this every Monday for like an hour hosts what's called toddler tumbling where they put out like the balance beams and like the the big mats and just let the kids kind of just like roll around like they run them through like organized exercises like they'll be like okay right now everyone do somersaults or you know forward tumbles across the mat now everyone do crab walks back you know they do that then they get like the little small balance beams out and they walk across and they set up like these big like block things and have the kids like jump over them and it was a lot of fun. Calcid really enjoyed it. And I think our thought process on having him go do this was, okay, he's going to go do this. He's going to run around and be a maniac for an hour and get all his energy out. He'll be chill and calm the rest of the night. 
Well, that really didn't work out. It ended up being the exact opposite. He got home, and he just wanted to continue toddler tumbling at home, which he does have, like, these four, like, little, like, of those kind of play block things, but he wanted to, like, jump off the couch. He was, like, trying to do, like, backflips off the couch. We have hardwood flooring. I'm like, kid, you can't just be doing somersaults off the couch. You're going to land on the floor and hurt yourself. And he was just so rowdy the rest of that day. Like, he thought toddler tumbling was a 24-hour event. Like, leaving the, the gym didn't end toddler tumbling for him. It just continued at home. So, he was really energetic that day. He's kind of kept that up all week. He's been a little more energetic than usual, and he's usually pretty energetic. So, that's something we've been dealing with is just extra calcium energy. But, hey, it's good. I like knowing that he, he has this energy, and he's wanting to do it in a good way. He's, you know, expressing it with you know, exercise kind of things, rather than just pure anger or something like that. But so that's interesting. He had the toddler tumbling, and that was a lot of fun for him. And this is neat. And I think we're going to continue doing that with him on Mondays. Yeah, that was really cool. And then on Thursday, uh, Brandy's mom was off, so she was able to watch Calcet, and me and Brandy took a drive by ourselves out to Pasag Shack and that's always fun it was kind of a really foggy and like it wasn't really raining but it was like misty out but the temperature was like mid 40s I think so it was really comfortable like it wasn't like that miserable mist it was, it was like a nice calming kind of mist so we drove out and we went up to Pasag Shack Point, which I don't remember the last time I was up there. It's, it's been a couple of years, I think, so, since I've actually gone up to the, the point at Pasag Shack. And there's, we got some really cool pictures of some eagles. Uh, had a really cool uh, female eagle that was perched up on an old, I think it's like a cattle, the things that the cattle go into. And that was cool. And then we got out and we like walked along the cliffs and there was an eagle perched up at the end of the cliff. That was really cool. I got a couple pictures of that dude. And that's just, he just looks like your classic bald eagle. Just chilling out there. And while we're going, of course there's cows up there. They kind of like free roam basically. And there is this one calf that like, so all the other cows, like, moved off the road and, like, kind of went down the hill. This calf, like, I guess he was scared to go down the hill with the rest of the cows. And so he just, like, ran in front of us. Then he finally, like, veered off to the side, like, once it wasn't, like, a hill anymore. But then, like, after we parked and we got out and, like, walked around for a little bit, we noticed this calf, like, kept, like, making his, like, call to his mom. I think it's what he was doing. But then he just starts walking towards us. And then we got back in the car and we we're, like, driving back down. And here's this same calf. He's like following with, following us almost all the way back to the main road. And I just thought it was kind of interesting that this little cow was like following us. But then he saw the rest of his cows and he mingled over to him. 
got back with his with his with his cows. So that was interesting, but yeah, that was really good because the like it wasn't you know the perfect like sunny day to be out, but sometimes those like especially here in Kodiak like those foggy misty days uh, it can be calming like it kind of looks dreary and like you know it looks blah a lot of times but sometimes when you're out there it, that kind of foggy mist just feels comfortable and calming so yeah it may not be like the perfect picturesque but it's very Kodiak and it's it's good that's interesting it was a lot of fun we had a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, overall, though, that was a really good drive. We had a lot of fun. It was a good, relaxing time for us. And then, here in just a few minutes when I get done with this, I'm going to get on Facebook, and I'm going to tune in to the decommissioning ceremony of the Coast Guard Cutter Douglas Monroe that is being officially decommissioned today. And it's about to go ahead of... I guess uh, dry dock to begin the official decommissioning process, and so that's interesting. That's a you know very old, very historic kind of Coast Guard boat, the Douglas Monroe. Uh, it recently had its name changed to Douglas Monroe uh, about five years ago, I think. Before it was just the Coast Guard Cutter Monroe, but then when they were, I think it was one of the national security cutters but it might be a fast response or whims a lot I'm not sure I don't really keep up with them much anymore that I'm out but I want to say it's one of the national security cutters they named the Monroe and so to avoid confusion over having two Coast Guard cutters called the Monroe they took the old Monroe and dubbed it the Douglas Monroe but that's really cool. If you don't know who Douglas Monroe is, he's a very historic Coast Guard figure. He basically like used himself as a shield. He got a bunch of Marines off the beach at Guadalcanal, I believe it was. He was the first Coast Guard member to receive the Medal of Honor, I believe. But he's a very interesting person. Uh, if you have time, go look him up learn about him. He's an interesting figure. Yeah. So it's kind of something I'm going to do to try and not only honor, you know, his memory, but the memory of the boat because it's been around for around almost 60 years. It's that boat's almost 60 years old. So that's almost 60 years of service that boats had to our country. And I served on it for a brief time. I got stationed there, but then I began the med board process. So my actual time on the boat wasn't very long, but I did get underway and do one patrol with them, and that was a lot of fun. I uh, learned a lot from that crew, so I'm going to get on, I'm going to watch that decommissioning ceremony and pay those respects to, to that boat, because it's an important part of me, and it's a important part of this country, I think. So, that's what I'm about to do, and yeah, I hope everyone has a good week, and you know, take care of yourselves and catch you all on the flip side.